Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, we're going to have some conversation around the eviction moratorium um, that the CDC put in place being overturned by the Supreme Court and just my thoughts around it. And, um, you know, just some other insights, too, that uh, kind of come along with it and, uh, you know, what I believe about real estate in general. So appreciate you joining me today. So, yeah, um, just wanted to uh, really just open up a conversation around um, my thoughts on the eviction moratorium being overturned. Um, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be a week or so in. Um, for those of you that don't know, I have a podcast called Investing for Freedom, and this will air there as well. You can find it on any of the channels. But um, yeah, just take a few minutes and, and just talk about the thoughts on the eviction moratorium being overturned. And you know, a few things that I'm going to really chat about and, and cover today. Um, number one, and this has nothing to do with uh, specifically the eviction moratorium, but um, I'm super thankful uh, for our forefathers and their insight um, and the wisdom that they had around laws and everything. And recently I was listening to uh, George Gammon's podcast and he was talking about um, just, again, their wisdom and insight and the fact that we are a nation of laws and not a nation of men. Um, so I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more here shortly, but just super thankful for our forefathers and, and like I said, their insight and wisdom. So the other thing that I'm going to chat about here in a few minutes is, you know, charity is a choice. Um, super interesting there. With this eviction moratorium, one of the things that I think is probably obvious to all of us, but and if it's not, it should be, um, the government is super, super slow. And this might be a controversial statement, but the private sector is so much more efficient um, than the government sector will ever be. So I'll chat about that in a few minutes as well. And then we'll get into my thoughts on real estate after, uh, you know, basically a year and a half of living in a pandemic. Um, and then the last thing is just be super careful where you invest. I think that's going to be an important part. So let's dive into this. But again, um, my thoughts on the eviction moratorium being overturned, if you haven't heard yet. Um, obviously, the CDC issued an order last year around the eviction moratorium. The Supreme Court turned it down yesterday um, in a vote, which as a landlord, as a real estate investor, um, I'm super happy with that um, decision and it gives me some hope around where we're going. Now, the first thing that I want to say, um, and again, if you're just joining me, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but this is also going on my podcast, Investing for Freedom. So if you don't listen to that, you might want to go over there and, and take a peek at it. But as a real estate investor, um, you know, I, I saw some statistics and there's basically like three and a half million people. It could be more, it could be less. Um, that are basically, uh, they're, they're potentially facing eviction. Now, as an investor, as a landlord, um, you know, I've always uh, done my best to work with tenants that are in trouble, that have a challenge. You know, we've got, we've got residents and tenants that literally, you know, have lived in a house for 25 years that they've rented. And when you've got tenants like that, that are great tenants and they fall on hard times, almost every landlord in the country is, is going to be patient with them. They're going to help them. 
And, and so, you know, one of the headlines that I talked about earlier, you know, charity is a choice. Uh, I recently just got back from an event uh, with a group that I'm involved with called GoBundance. And I don't know, I think there was like 330 guys there or something. And over the course of like seven days, they raised like $300,000 for charity. Um, generally speaking, uh, again, charity is a choice and, and charity can never be put in the hands of government. Charity is something that, that, that we have to do as, as individuals. And I'm a firm believer that the more we give, the more we're gonna get. And so again, charity is a choice. But back to that group of guys at GoBundance, they're you know, just super, uh, the, the tagline with GoBundance is healthy, wealthy, generous men who lead epic lives, generous men, key word. And bringing that back to the eviction moratorium, most landlords are not evil, um, you know, greedy capitalists as we think about. Most landlords have worked very, very hard um, at creating wealth. They potentially have investors. If they don't have investors, even if it's their own money, they've invested their own money and they have a right um, to be paid for their services. Any business owner in the world, I mean, if you went to a restaurant and, and, and you ordered a meal, you expect to pay for it. Um, and it's interesting to me that people expect that they get to live in someone's house for free. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people that are upset or, you know, they're cheering when the eviction moratorium got extended and all this stuff. And the reality is, as a landlord, we have bills to pay, we have mortgages to pay, we have investors that we're accountable to. And if you've signed an agreement to pay your rent, you should pay your rent. That's my bottom line feeling on it. So um, I'm gonna circle back to my thoughts on the forefathers and their insight and wisdom. Uh, again, George Gammon brought this up. We are a nation of laws and we should not be a nation of men. If you look back at history, one of, you know, some of the main reasons why America was formed was because of um, you know, dictatorships and, and you know, one, one king, one rule, uh, people being forced to, to live a certain religion or, or, or live under certain ideas. And I'm just really grateful that our forefathers has that, had that wisdom and insight. And um, not to go biblical on you, but I, I was thinking about, uh, there's a scripture in 1 Samuel 8, and uh, the short version of it, um, when Samuel was getting old, he was like the prophet in the Old Testament. Um, he named, he appointed his sons as Israel's leader. And I don't think God ever intended us to have a king. Uh, it's not really how it works. And so I'm so thankful that we have a democracy. And this is also where, you know, a lot of times we get split on our beliefs and our decisions, but that's the beauty of democracy. And I think we need to hold on to that because the reality is, uh, I don't think we ever, most of us have never lived under a dictatorship or, by the way, there's a great uh, recent podcast on Joe Rogan where um, he had a lady on there that had escaped from North Korea. And I would encourage everybody to go find that episode and listen to that because it really um, shows us what democracy is and what it isn't. And, and I don't think any of us want to live under a dictatorship. So anyway, super thankful. But back to the Old Testament, um, the children of Israel wanted a king and God never designed us to have a king or one person that ruled over us. That's, that's never, I don't think that's how like, humans were designed, but Israel wanted a king so bad that God finally gave it to him and, and Samuel was frustrated and all this stuff. But the reason why I bring that up is again, I think, um, I don't think we understand how blessed we are to live in America. And I'm just so grateful that our forefathers had that wisdom uh, for checks and balances when it comes to Cong so president, Congress, the different cabinets, we've got the different courts. There's all these checks and balances. Um, I, I think we're blessed to be able to have that regardless of what side you sit on. Um, 
the thing that I said earlier about the government being slow, this is the crazy thing about, um, like I said, I don't think any landlord wants to put somebody out on the street, but the reason why this came into play, the CDC basically has this old law where if there's a pandemic or there's issues or whatever, they can step in when it's for the, the, the good of, I guess, humans in general. So I think the, the thinking behind it was during the middle of a pandemic, we don't want a bunch of people who can't go to work uh, not being able to pay their rent and get kicked out on the street, which is going to further um, cause issues in the pandemic. I understand it conceptually. But here's the other thing that Congress did. They also allocated, I think the number was, I'll, I'll look for it real quick here. I think it was, um, was $46.5 in rental assistance. And this is what I was saying about the government being so slow. Congress simultaneously um, you know, put out this $46.5 in rental assistance, but this is the interesting thing about all of it. Um, rental assistance had been distributed by states and localities through July up to $3 billion at the end of July and only $1.5 by May 31st. So we get on these talking points, you know, where again, evil landlords, capitalists, whatever, putting these people on the streets. Well, simultaneously, part of that um, stimulus relief, all that package was, there was money that was dedicated to be able to keep people in their homes. The problem is most states move so slow, government moves so slow, this stuff hasn't been um, disseminated. There was several states, uh, Virginia, Texas, they moved quickly and got some of that distributed, but there's, th this is a crazy stat. Seven months after the funds were first allocated to them, nine states have spent less than 3% of the money and 16 states have spent less than 5%. So we get on these talking points um, you know, about, well, you know, what about people that can't go to work or, or they don't have income coming in? There is plenty of assistance out there for people. And by the way, as a side note, not to go on a tangent here, but everywhere I look, there's uh, we were just on an RV trip and there was uh, restaurants that were closing early because they didn't have enough staffing. Um, there's help wanted signs up everywhere. I, I put up a post the other day where literally one of these taco shops around here in Austin is paying $17 an hour for cooks and cashiers. So for the most part, people that say that they can't go to work or they can't afford to go to work, um, they can't afford to pay their rent, there's really no excuse. So, um, sorry, I'm sitting in a conference room, it's kind of loud. Um, I just don't think that there's a reason why the CDC needs to step in and have this moratorium. So again, I'm thankful for our checks and balances and that we have a system and a place that we live where we have a Supreme Court that can overturn something like this because very, very few people are really in a position where they can't afford rent and they're gonna be homeless. Now, that being said, here's my thoughts on real estate um, after you know one and a half years in a pandemic. If any of you have followed me for a while or listened to the podcast, you know, as real estate investors, when the pandemic first hit, we didn't know what was coming. And, you know, my thoughts have gone back and forth on real estate. One of the things that I've had a challenge reconciling is the price of real estate has skyrocketed to a point where um, without rental increases, it makes it really hard um, for us to calculate a return like we want to. So the only thing that I can really see happening long term is, is rents increasing. And so I think whether you're a renter or whether you're an investor, you have to think through this process and what this looks like long-term. And I'm not telling you which side of this to be on, but a couple thoughts that I do have around real estate. Again, at the end of the day, if we just sold a community, a, a manufactured home community, some of you know this, some of you don't, um, we invest in uh, manufactured housing communities across the country. It's definitely affordable housing. Um, you know, one of our missions at Park Place is to provide safe, clean, affordable housing in communities where people want to live. So these are not, it's not high-end homes, but, you know, we bring in uh, brand new three-bedroom, two-bath homes 
and, and we can get families in there for you know $900,000 a month. It's definitely affordable housing. But at the end of the day, we just sold a community um, for almost double what we bought it for uh, four years ago. Now, that's not sustainable unless rents increase. And so when I look at real estate long-term, I definitely think that we're coming to a point where we're gonna see rental increases. When I think about real estate in general, the fact that we can lock in long-term financing at the rates that we can today, it, I'm optimistic on it, but rents are gonna have to increase. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line across the board. So if you're a renter, which by the way, I'm gonna rent for the next year because we've just moved to Austin, Texas, and you know, I wanna fill out the area and make sure that we wanna live here and all that. So I'm not, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't rent, but the reality is, if you lock in a 30 year mortgage right now, or even on the commercial side, 10 years, 20 years, whatever that looks like, that locked in interest rate is probably one of the most valuable things um, that you can have because I think, you know, one of my mentors, Ken McElroy, is constantly talking about the fact that we are becoming a renter nation. So what does that mean for renters though? Rents are gonna go up, we're seeing it already. They're gonna continue to go up. And so you're just gonna to have to figure out what that looks like for you on the investment side. We're gonna to have to increase rents. On the ownership side, um, if you are talking about owning your personal residence, um, I think it's the safest thing. And I wouldn't have said this a couple years ago. Um, is your house a good investment? Not necessarily, but the reality is if you have a house that you own with locked in interest rates versus you know, getting a rental increase every year, two years, three years, inflation's gonna rage out of control. So reconciling all this with real estate investing, I think at the end of the day, even though real estate prices are skyrocketing after being one and a half years in a pandemic, um, one of my big concerns has been how are the courts gonna handle all this eviction moratorium? And that's why I'm super excited to see that the Supreme Court said that this was unconstitutional as investors, I think one of the underlying things that they said, as investors or as landlords, as property owners, we have a right to be compensated for our product. And again, like I said, nobody expects to go into a restaurant and order a meal and sit down and let them walk out of there without you paying for that meal. So why do we think that we should not have to pay our rents? Why do we think that we should not have to pay our mortgages? We have to pay that. There's all kinds of support out there. Um, so reconciling the real estate thing, I'm, I'm kind of at a place where I think with locked in interest rates, with inflation raging out of control, um, I, think, I think locking in those rates and, and the long-term financing is probably the best thing you can do right now. And probably one of the scariest things you could do is plan on renting for the next 30 years because I think whatever your, rate, your rental rate is gonna be today, I think you can count on a five, seven, 10% rate increase for you know in the coming years because everything's just kind of spiraling out of control. The replacement costs alone of real estate is super crazy right now. And so when you just look at that, um, you know, so many people are saying right now, we're, we're kind of even back to a point where buying property is the same or cheaper than it would cost to build. All these uh, contractors, builders, they're not even locking in pricing right now because everything's so volatile. So when I kind of reconcile this out again after a year and a half in the pandemic, um, I think real estate is a great asset class. Um, you gotta get in in the right places. And this is kind of the last thought on all of this. Be really careful where you invest because even just like that, uh, the, the financial assistance that Congress dedicated, the 46.5 billion, um, there's certain states that are, you know, they're, they're, they're handing that out. And then there's certain states that aren't. And Biden even recommended that local municipalities, local states um, handle 
the eviction moratoriums on a local level, and some of the states have already come out and implemented their own. California is one of them. Uh, I can't remember the other ones, but uh, New York, all these places. So just be careful where you invest. That's the last thing I'm going to kind of say with all this. Um, I think it's pretty obvious if you're an investor or you're investment minded, um, you know, the places where you're going to want to invest, the places that you think are going to protect your investment. The last thing you want to do and the thing that I want to make sure that everybody understands, whether you agree with me or not, um, I have a mortgage on my investment property. Very few investors, very few greedy capitalists in air quotations um, own their properties free and clear. Most of them have worked hard. They've put their money as a down payment into that investment and they have a mortgage payment just like you would have on your personal res residence. Essentially, it's their rent that they have to pay to a bank. So if you're not paying that, again, air quotations, greedy capitalist, greedy investor, greedy landlord, um, they're not able to make their payments. And I think there's been this twisted mindset out there in the world that people that are successful, they have more than enough. And so we're going to rob them, Robin Hood it and take it from them. And pulling this back to the charity, charity is not something that can be taken. It's something that's given. And most successful people are pretty charitable. They're pretty giving. And I would argue that if they weren't, they probably wouldn't be where they're at today. So um, I, don't think it's, I, don't, I don't think it should be in the government's hands to decide who gets paid, who doesn't get paid. Um, I think it's the free market. I'm thankful for our founding fathers. I'm thankful for the Supreme Court. And again, there's times where you know, the courts, Supreme Court and everything else rules and things that I don't agree with too. I'm just thankful for the system and the process and that we live in a country where um, we even have the ability uh, to go in front of a court and argue our case. So um, I'm gonna kind of leave it at that, but yeah, wrapping it up. I think, uh, I think real estate's probably a, a great investment, especially on the affordable housing front um, because it's just gonna get harder and harder. Um, and I think that's where the real challenges come in with the homeless issues and, and people not being able to you know, afford their rent and everything else. So if you are in the affordable housing space and um, you, know, you have any concepts or ideas, reach out to me here on Instagram, you know, DM me. Again, listen to the podcast if you're not um, already subscribed. It's Investing for Freedom with Mike Ayala. You can listen to it wherever you're at. This is actually an episode I'm recording that will be a podcast, but I just thought I'd go live at the same time. Um, yeah, optimistic on real estate, real estate space, um, especially affordable housing if you can find it. Um, if you're interested in potentially investing as a passive investor, if you are an accredited investor, reach out to me. Um, you can send me an email at mike at michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, A-Y-A-L-A.com. Um, we have a pretty exciting offering that's coming up pretty soon. Um, yeah. So anyway, my thoughts on the eviction moratorium being overturned. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, just be careful where you invest. Um, and again, at the end of the day, I think the government is slow and anytime we can solve these problems and take them into our own hands, the better off we'll be. So, um, hope that helps. Enjoy. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.